County of Calaveras versus Tuscornia Ranches Limited Partnership at all. Calaveras County Superior Court Case Number 20CB45113. Item 2, pursuant to Government Code 54956.9D2, Conference with Legal Counsel, Re-Anticipated Litigation, One Case, Significant Exposure to Litigation. With that, is there any public comment? There is no online public comment. And there's none in the room. Okay, with that, we will convene into closed session and be back here at 9 o'clock. Thank you. Good morning and welcome to the Tuesday, April 12th, 2022 Board of Supervisors meeting. At this time, um, we will be convening back into closed session. However, we have a report out from March 25th. Report out from closed session, March 25th, 2022. Item one, conference with labor and negotiators pursuant to government code 54957.6. County Designated Representatives Judy Hawkins and Krista Von Mata, Unrepresented Employee Planning Director, Board Action, No Reportable Action Taken. Thank you. If everyone could now please stand for the pledge. At this time, we have staff announcement, and we have Ms. Medina and Ms. Giddens. Where, are they online? Uh, hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning, Madam Chair, respective board members, CAO Von Lada, County Council, Deputy Clerk of the Board, and our Calaveras community. Lisa Medina, Environmental Management Agency. Hi, Today, I have staff announcement, and have Ms. Medina and Ms. Giddens. Today, I have many wonderful updates from our animal services crew. This past weekend, our focus partners, animal service staff, and our wonderful volunteers put on another successful rabies and microchip clinic here at the government center. 163 rabies vaccines were given along with 68 microchips, excuse me, 89 microchips. We are headed towards making sure all of our Calaveras animals are protected against rabies. And for our fur babies that may get lost, they will be able to find their way home. Thank you again to Dr. Jenny Renget for your time and commitment in helping us and our animal services team be more successful in reaching our goal to vaccinate all of our Calaveras animals. Our next free clinic will be held here at the Government Center on May 14th. We have many kitties that are up for adoption, and I'm sorry that we do not have pictures that are rotating through our um, PowerPoint today. However, some of our kitties are very shy, and they are a little bit uh, held back. They, they hold back on their glamour shots. So we promise that we will be taking a little bit more pictures um, over the next few weeks, and we'll have those available for our next PowerPoint uh, meeting. 
We have several kitties that are looking for their forever homes, including Thomas, Rumble, Snugglepuss, Saucy, Bailey, Sugar, Spice, Natasha, Sue, and Dot. A huge thank you to our 11 cat volunteers who gave 88 hours of their precious time to our kitties in March. Our cat volunteers help with socializing, cleaning, normal standard operations, and sharing their love. We have several dogs that are available and up for adoption currently, including Roscoe, Mayo, Bruno, Molly, Coda, Xander, Maya, and Hank. One of our, my favorite stories and, and something that is very heartfelt and dear to us and our animal service um, crew is Madre. Uh, Madre was finally adopted after five months. Uh, she came back a few times, but we think this time she has her forever home with a great young family. Uh, we are very happy to know that she is going to be in a very loving home and um, it, it brings, uh, it's very emotional for us um, and I just want to thank um, our commitment to making sure that uh, we are committed to our animals here in Calaveras County and making sure that those animals under our care find their forever homes. I would like to thank our community, our Board of Supervisors, and our animal shelter partners and other focus partners that help us on an ongoing daily basis. We cannot do it without you and your support. Thank you very much. I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Nancy? Nancy? Nancy, can you hold on a second? There's audio issue. So actually, Nancy, do you have the video showing on your end of the, um, the four chambers? Yes. You have to shut down ICAM or the video from the county website, but keep up your Zoom. Are you telling me something? Much better. I can't. I can't. Did you want me to get my audio on my computer? I don't know what you want me to do. Do you want to work with her and then we'll come back? We'll bring her back to do her announcements. Why don't we do that? And then you can give her some time to help with the audio. You're on my computer. I don't know what you want me to do. Are you able to mute her for now from your own Stacey? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. We will come back um, later and get you, Nancy. Thank you. Next, we'll move on to recognitions and acknowledgement. And at this time, I'm going to um, move this item over to Chair, uh, Supervisor Stopper. Almost had me. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, it's my honor today to adopt a proclamation uh, declaring April 2022 as Seek Awareness and Appreciation Month in Calaveras County. Whereas Sikhs have been living in Calaveras County over two decades and in the United States for more than 120 years. And during the early 20th century, thousands of Sikh Americans worked on farms and lumber mills and mines and on the Western Pacific Railroad lines. And whereas Sikhism is the fifth largest religion in the world, and today there are more than 25 million Sikhs worldwide and an estimated 500,000 Sikh Americans. And whereas Sikh Americans pursue diverse professions and make rich contributions to the social, cultural, and economic vibrancy of the United States, including service as members of the United States Armed Forces and significant contributions to our great nation in agriculture, information technology, small business, the oil industry, trucking, medicine, public service, and technology. And whereas Sikh Americans distinguish themselves by fostering respect among all people through faith and service. And whereas Calaveras County is committed to educating citizens about the world's religions, the value of religious diversity, tolerance grounded in First Amendment principles, a cultural of mutual understanding, and the diminution of violence. <clears throat> and whereas today the Calaveras County Board of Supervisors seek to further the diversity of its community and afford all residents the opportunity to better understand, recognize, and appreciate the rich history and shared experiences of Sikh Americans. Um, could, could you come forward? Is there anything you would like to say? Uh, I'm, I'm bl blessed to have um, three members of our Sikh community here today. Uh, some of them are, I believe, in my district. They moved from uh, Ms. Follendorf's district some, some time ago. Um, but uh, we're very happy to have you here. If, you, if there's anything you would like to say, we'd appreciate it. Good morning. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for giving this opportunity to uh, raise awareness about Sikhs. Uh, we've been living here for about 15 years now. And uh, we just want to, you know, raise awareness for who we are, what we do, and just want to thank you guys. Thank you. Is there any public comment? There's no online public comment. Anybody in the audience? No? With that, I'll bring it back to the board and entertain a motion, Madam Chair. I'll move. I'll second. A motion by Supervisor Follendorf, a second by Supervisor Coffinelli. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes on a 5-0 vote of the Board of Supervisors of Calaveras County. Thank you very much. We appreciate you in our community. Finish up my job first. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed that the Calvers County Board of Supervisors do hereby proclaim the month of April 2022 to be Seek Awareness and Appreciation Month. We appreciate you.
reflecting the light again. <laughs> Thank you, Supervisor Stopper. Uh, next, um, we have item number four, which is the proclamation for yeah, sir, um, Health and Human Services. And I believe Ms. Allen is here also. Oh, she, oh okay. You want to read it? Proclamation Behavioral Health Services Mental Health Program adopt a proclamation declaring the month of April 2022 Alcohol Awareness Month in Calaveras County. I will read this proclamation declaring the month of April 2022 is Alcohol Awareness Month in Calaveras County. There's a lot of big words here, so I may need some help. Whereas Alcohol Awareness Month is a national public health awareness campaign sponsored by the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, the NCADD, developed in order to increase awareness and understanding of both the causes and treatment of one of the, our nation's top public health problems, alcoholism. Whereas Alcohol Awareness Month provides an opportunity to educate communities about the dangers of unsafe alcohol consumption and to decrease, decrease the stigma and misunderstanding in order to break down barriers to treat and recovery. And whereas alcohol is the most used substance by youth and adults and an estimated 95,000 people, approximately 68,000 men, and 27,000 women die from alcohol-related causes annually, making alcohol the third leading preventable cause of death in the United States. And whereas approximately 40% of the driving deaths in Calaveras County involve alcohol consumption, which is higher than the state average of approximately 28%. Whereas we know the individuals and families have experienced significantly increased stress during the pandemic along with fear and anxiety causing strong emotions and leading to increased use of alcohol, which makes it important to know that telehealth and other online supports are available, accessible, and effective. And whereas saluting people who are, who are in recovery from alcohol and drugs used excuse me, in recovery from alcohol and drug use disorders, as well as those who have helped them obtain treatment, helps to overcome such barriers by educating the community about the benefits of treatment and affirming the goal that all people with alcohol and drug use disorders should have access to treatment and services. Whereas we resolve as a community to continue to support those struggling with substance use disorders as they enter and participate in treatment and to support strong alcohol policy safeguards to encourage their recovery. So Wendy, do you have you want to come forward? Do you have something to say? 
Yes, thank you for having us today. I wanted to take the time to bring awareness to alcohol and the ability that you have here in Calaveras County to get treatment, that it is here for anybody, age, race, um, money, that you don't have to have an income to get the help, that we have just switched to drug Medi-Cal, which allows individuals with no income to receive free services, which just began on April 1st. Today I have Deputy Elam here to speak with her mother, Tara, also. Um, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so I work with the sheriff's office. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a really good relationship with our behavioral health liaisons. Um, I've used Cody and Suzanne multiple times um, while working the Valley Springs area to, to use their infield services as well as services um, for my own family. My mom is currently eight months over um, tomorrow from alcoholism. Um, and we were lucky enough to have Cody help us get her into St. John's, which is in um, Sacramento. And she kind of facilitated that whole situation, um, which has led to this eight months of sobriety and hopefully a lifetime of it. Um, mom, would you like to talk? Hi, good morning. Um, yeah, I, I've been struggling with alcoholism for about five and a half years. Um, you know, I've basically had a normal life, a great life, great kids, as you can see. Um, but after a series of events, I started using alcohol, and it just, it, um, it just, I, I couldn't control it. It, it. I lost all choice of how to do anything, um, and I, I couldn't see that it was alcohol doing that to me. Um, I just refused to believe that, you know, a smart person like me could let alcohol beat me. Um, after trying several rehabs that my insurance sent me to, just nothing seemed to work. Um, finally, I mean, it got so bad that I was going to be living on the street, and I'm just, I'm not cut out to live on the street. Um, so my daughter and, and the, um, the sheriff's program here and, and the behavioral health people, they found this program for me that was a total lifesaver. Um, I'd fought against going to any type of program that, you know, was longer than the, you know, the couple-month rehab. Um, and this place really worked for me. It afforded me the chance to get into AA and actually work the program and then see that I can turn my life around. And so, I mean, I owe, uh, I mean, so much gratitude to uh, your guys' county for that. Thank you. I mean, it's making me emotional. <laughs> and tomorrow I'll have eight months. Congratulations. Thank you. And I also wanted to thank the staff today. We have Rob here and Bryant from our substance abuse program as well. So thank you for the work that you do. Is there any public comments from the audience? Any public comments online? There's no online public comment. Okay. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to the board. I'm open for a motion. So move. A motion by Callaway. Second. Second by Stopper. We'll call for a vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Passes 5-0. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed that the Board of Supervisors, County of Calaveras, this 12th day of April, 2022, does hereby declare April 2022 as Alcohol Awareness Month in County of Calaveras.
Oh, sorry. Thank you everyone for being here. Uh, it was nice to see um, the presentations and have a full room again. We're going to bounce back to Nancy for staff announcement. Hi, Nancy. Hello. <clears throat> Thank you. I apologize for my technical difficulties. Um, <clears throat> I Last week was National Library Week, and I did not do a proclamation because I didn't want to do it post-week. Um, post but this week, I would like to just um, share with you a few things that the library is doing and bring you up to date on a few things. Um, and before I do that, I'd just really like to thank the <clears throat> Board of Supervisors for their continued support for the library department. You enable us to uh, just serve our county so well and meeting their, their informational needs, their recreational needs. Um, and we hope even their social and emotional needs as they participate in our programs. Um, I have to say thank you to my amazing staff who are so committed um, to serving our county in all of the, the branches that we have around the county, as well as the volunteers who've been faithful to us throughout the COVID pandemic and on into uh, freer days that we're experiencing now. Um, they are just amazing. And of course, the friends of the library who are our constant support and who um, last year raised over $100,000 to help pay for and to maintain our uh, bookmobile, which is coming, which is what I want to talk to you about a little bit this morning. So Stacy um, has told me that I can share my screen with you and show you my um, <clears throat> some information. Is that working for you? Um, we're not seeing your screen as of yet, but you should be able to screen or share. Um, do I? It's on the bottom of your screen. On the bottom, screen. I screen share. OK. And I will go to my PowerPoint. All right. So is that going to be on? Is that good? Is that working, Stacy? No, Nancy, we're not seeing your screen. OK. Let's see. This is my screen. All right. OK. You know, I want to uh, make that bigger, though. Yeah, there we go. Is that good? Yes. Okay, so this is our post-National Library Week review, and I want just to bring you up to date on our shared vision grant, which we got through the State Library. Um, the title of our grant was Engaging Families in Calaveras County Through the Library, and with a subtitle of For Healthy Living. And we wanted to address cognitive health, social, emotional health, and physical health um, through uh, programs that we would take to the areas in our uh, county which do not have um, access or easy access to the library. So our dream for this was to get a bookmobile with which we could take this programming um, 
throughout the county, but COVID caused delays in that and also um, did not enable us to do the in-person program that we wanted to do. So we did, as libraries have been doing all over the United States, we pivoted uh, to say, well, we can't do what we planned, but what can we do? So we um, began to devise um, healthy living kits for takeaway programming in all of the areas that we had hoped to, to, um, to um, uh, address and help our county and our families with. So healthy living um, for families and for all of our children is our program. So here is a healthy living cooking kit. We've made kits for yoga with um, mats that you can check out with the kits. We have gardening, nutrition for our children. We have social emotional kits. Um, here's a worry box that the kids can make and put all their worries in there. You see mine down there on the left, um, full of papers that list all of my worries. Um, family kits for talking about the difficult subjects of, of anger and stress. Um, that we all experience and then working through those things together. Our family kits have books for the parents as well as the children, so, and an activity, a game, or something to do. So we were unable to do a lot of what we had planned in the in-person programming, but we were able to get at the Central Library uh, pods, and then we also have boxes for growing plants, and our children here in San Andreas have been involved in um, taking care of these plants and nurturing them and planting new things. And then with the boxes, we have been able to take those mobily uh, to an area that we've been able to serve. So our grant said that we would serve um, the areas in our county where we don't have library services. So because we didn't have our vehicle, we were not able to do that. When our vehicle was delayed, um, again, we were supposed to get it mid-September, we decided, well, we need to do something and take some programming mobily. So we've gone, uh, since November, we've been going to the Railroad Flat uh, Co-op in the town community center there. Our staff have been taking STEAM programming. Um, you can see they're doing some nutrition lessons and plant the gardening lessons. There, um, and we've also been taking art and um, ukulele classes to that, that um, little co-op. So that has given us an opportunity to have regular programming in an area that we hope to reach with our bookmobile. And so, yes, the bookmobile really is coming. Here it is. Um, it's not finished on the inside, uh, but it will be coming to us, we hope, in the month of May, and we hope uh, with all of our hearts that it will be in time for a really nice launch of it at our county fair. Uh, Casey Barnett, a local artist, designed our wrap, and you can see, um, I'll go back to this slide so you can see our frog, and he has a little um, ore cart there full of books, taking them all over the county from the mountain to the valley. We've also been developing our mobile branch collection. We have a huge uh, collection of children's books, kits, DVDs, audio books, adult books. Uh, you can see they're on the shelf, Westerns and Mysteries, DVDs, and the whole uh, gamut of materials. We've also been able, with our grant, to purchase some Playaway learning tablets. These do not need the internet. 
um, they're not connected to the internet at all, but they're just a little device that uh, children can interact with on with digital resources, learning resources. And so there's a preschool academy, a reading academy, and a STEAM academy. So we were able to buy 30 of these, and these will go into the bookmobile um, and also to other sites. So I feel that although we were not able to do what we wanted to do entirely, we really have fulfilled um, the terms of our grant and tested our program by taking it mobily as well as we could with just our, our own vehicles. Um, but there's more from the uh, State Library. The State Library has been really supportive of libraries during the pandemic. Um, we have now um, many workforce databases on our website, calaveraslibrary.com. Um, uh, special ones for veterans, all of these to um, upgrade your work skills as people are getting back into the workforce or even changing, preparing for a new career. We have seven of these. Um, LinkedIn Learning has wonderful things on mental health and mental wellness, um, skill development, digital skills, entrepreneurship, uh, much, much more. So these have been made available for uh, to us for free from the State Library. Also, um, they paid for um, many databases for us, and with our grant funds and with special grant funds during the pandemic, we were able to get these three wonderful scholastic databases for our children. Um, we, are, we are hoping that the community will use these. They're amazing uh, for three age groups, um, wonderful, wonderful resources for our children. Um, especially we feel that um, homeschool parents could benefit from these resources that are beautifully done and very um, book-based and sound uh, research-based. Um, but last but not least, the State Library has provided for us um, home connectivity kits, and we're very, very excited about these. Um, during, with all the digital resources provided for us and for other libraries, all of us have become much more aware of the digital divide um, um, from rural to, to, to urban. Of course, in our county, we have many people who have no internet. Um, and have no access. So these are uh, a Chromebook, which will have a hotspot uh, that people can check out from the library and uh, take to their to their home and connect to the internet with that through that hotspot. And they can borrow these from the library. And then, of course, we hope that they will return them so others can benefit from them. But we will have these out. Uh, we're working now on the hotspots and getting those. Um, all set up so that we can have these for checkout. And then um, you probably heard in the media somewhere that the library also has been given uh, state parks passes for checkout. We have um, just launched this. We are launching it today. Well, actually, we launched it yesterday in the, rent, in the sites that were open. Um, a person can check out a pass, and it will give them free entry and parking uh, for a day pass to any state park in the, in the state. So we will have um, a total of 26 of these throughout our library system, basically three per site and two for the bookmobile. Um, and we will um, make these available to our patrons. You can check them out for a two-week period, use them, enjoy them, and then return them for other people to use. So that is um, 
our report basically of, of what we are, have been most actively involved in this year. And we just invite you to celebrate Library Week every week because we're here for all of your information, informational needs. Angels Camp, Arnold, Copperopolis, Moak Hill, Murphy's, San Andreas, Valley Springs, West Point, and very soon we will be on the go all over the county. So that is what I would like to share with you today. Thank you for letting me share, and I hope to see you in the library. Thank you, Nancy, for all of that information. I, we really appreciate it. I think we all learned a lot. Um, Great. Is there any public comment? There is no online public comment. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I really like the state park passage, though. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's quite nice, yeah. yeah. Okay, with that, we are going to move back, move back to general public comment. So any item of interest to the public that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the board and is not posted on the consent or regular agenda may be addressed during the public comment period. California law prohibits the board from taking any action on any matter which is not posted on the agenda unless it is determined to be an emergency by the Board of Supervisors. Is there any general public comment for anything not on the agenda? Laura? Laura, this yeah. is your time to speak. And um, please be mindful of the light um, on the podium. It'll show you what your time is. There's a light there with green, yellow, and red. You get three minutes to speak. Okay. And then that'll, that'll light. I to try and summarize my problem, and I'm going to read it as fast as I can. And if I get cut off, there's copies for you guys to read on your own. Okay. Yeah. Tell me when I should begin. Um, we're going to wait for the close to get back. As soon as the green light starts. <laughs> okay, you're good. Good morning. My name is Aura Chalmers. I'm here today to inform this board of the grievous errors made by several county departments regarding my property located at 3150 Crestview Drive, Valley Springs. I would like to give you some background and a timeline summary explaining what has led me to fall victim to these errors. In 2019, after surviving the declared disaster of our hometown of Paradise, uh, where it was burned to the ground, my husband and I began looking for a home where we could begin our lives again. In February of 20, we found a home and did our due diligence to make certain it would work for us. Prior to purchasing, we visited the county offices researching the property history. We found that there was an access easement designated on the assessor's map. We inquired upon the planning department on February 18th and spoke with Madeline Flandreau, who informed us that the easement was for parcel three only. This made sense to us since the parcel was landlocked by a lot split in 2005. Our property already had access from the driveway to the house. The house got its certificate of occupancy in August of 2015. The septic was finaled in August of 2015. And in December of 16, the solar permit was permitted and installed. We then went to Public Works and the building department to get individual requirements for building of a shop for a future shop. Satisfied it would be a feasible it would be feasible for us to put a shop where my husband wanted, we purchased the house in March of 2020. 
In October of 21, we applied and received approval for a permit to build a whole house generator. In December of 21, we hired a contractor to build the shop. He told us that the permit process would take a couple of months. When the building was delivered on March 26, 22, I decided to call the building department. When I did not hear back, a neighbor of mine called, someone that he knows, and found that the permit was still in the review. And he thought there might be a mix-up with the parcel number. Our contractor went on April 5th and was told conditions needed to be met for road access and was asked to have the property owner come and talk to them. I went to the planning, to planning that day and spoke with Gina Kathleen and Madeline Flandro. I was handed a parcel map that had the conditions highlighted and Gina said this should never have happened. She explained that there is no access strip on my property even though I have a driveway with full access. She said that she would need to speak with other department heads and during our conversation she asked if, it, if we would be agreeable to doing a lot line adjustment eliminating the access easement. I told her yes since we don't need the access. That afternoon she called Public Works, Robert Passenger from, pub, from the Public Works Hi. Department and he agreed <coughs> with her but that she would, Aura, she told me your that time, she, Aura, your, your time, your time is, time is up. Thank you. Okay. Um, I, I, I will call, I will call you later. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Okay. Is there any other public comment? Is there anything online? There is no online public comment. Okay. With that, we'll move on to the consent agenda. Consent agenda items are expected to be routine and non-controversial and they will be acted upon by the board at one time without discussion. Any board member, staff member, or interested party may request removal of an item from consent for later discussion. Is there any board member that wishes to pull an item from consent? Okay, I do. Item number 14. Is there any staff? Any public? There are no online requests. Okay. Seeing none, uh, there a motion to appro approve consent agenda item other than item number 14. So moved, Madam Chair. Okay, second. second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Um, I feel kind of bad, Madam Chair. We got all these people here. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, yes. Thank you, everyone, for being Save here. Save your voices for later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Eggleston. We'll take Goodbye, a moment. Chief. Good. Okay. Um, it, Paul, or are you it, are you going to come up? Okay. So I pulled this because I wanted to have some clarity on a couple questions. I had already contacted staff um, with my questions um, <coughs> on these, and I know the board had had a discussion, a robust discussion uh, last month, but I just think there's some clarity. So I'm going to hand it to you to answer the question. So a lot of it is related to the transfer from the contingency fund and what, um, just the details of, of that. Sure, sure. Um, first off, uh, uh, Madam Chair, respective members of the board, 
uh, Jennifer Cashy, uh, Department Analyst for uh, Integrated Waste. Um, so this particular um, uh, transfer is with regards to Rock Creek um, Phase 3 Design and Consulting, Engineer Consulting Services. Um, we entered into this contract in 2020, March of 2020. Um, there were some uh, tasks related to this contract that um, we have um, reallocated um, the, um, the budgeted amounts to um, more properly, uh, I would say, clarify and more properly represent what this contract, um, the purpose of the contract. Um, so previously there was some um, mention of a slab improvements at the Rock Creek shop, um, a Red Hill, um, the Red Hill, We were doing an annex improvement on it and a flocculation station down at, um, at Rock Creek as well. Um, so those, um, those tasks have, um, those would be tasks six, seven, and eight within our contract. Um, and those, the allocated value to those have been reallocated to represent um, the, um, the joint technical document uh, the revised drawings and figures for phase three and preparing new plans and the preliminary closure and post-closure plans. Um, this budget transfer is coming directly from the Solid Waste Capital Improvement Special Revenue Fund. Um, and I do have um, the amended uh, language of the contract that we have done and the amended budget um, with the tasks outlined associated with each one, for each one of you if you'd like to review it. Um, sometimes it helps to get a visual on these. Um, if you want, you want to, yeah, absolutely, you can reference these. I don't think that's going to fit. Maybe. Is there is there a reason this isn't included inside inside the agenda when we're you know a two hundred fifty thousand dollar sum. You know, um, yes, so, and the reason sorry, why, Amanda, are you wondering why it, wasn't, it was on the consent agenda? Is that what you're wondering? No, I'm asking why this information isn't included as part of the packet, even if it is a consent item. I, you know, we should be able to weigh in on, on the information as a whole, Jennifer. Um, understood. I was under the understanding that um, back at the February meeting when we received direction to um, move forward with the uh, the um, permitting process and the new WDRs that we were going to have to move forward with that and unfortunately these come with costs um, and prior to having any um, you know a recommended budget for this year we did not have direction at that time so there was no funds allocated for this project um, so with that direction um, we needed to have funds allocated to our capital improvement uh, the 1040 1060 to be able to properly book this project. And I have worked closely with the auditor on this. We have um, communicated um, to nauseam. She's very aware of this. She's supported this project and it is booked properly. So this is just making sure that we have the line items that is clarified so of where the transfers are coming from from the previous meeting after that direction. So what you have in front of you is the outlined tasks and the budgeted amount within our contract. 
So if you reference tasks 6, 7, and 8, you can see those, um, that, but the budgeted amounts for those tasks have been removed um, and reallocated to, um, to the uh, tasks that I mentioned earlier with the, um, the new plans and the joint technical documents and the um, uh, WDRs as well. Okay, thank you for that clarity. Yes, absolutely. Um, in the future, so can we get some of this back up when these are on consent regardless? I know we had given you guys direction last month, but I think it would be helpful to put this on the consent agenda, um, the backup information, as Supervisor Stopper said, as Absol a reminder. Absolutely. And to kind of elaborate further, just for reference, I know you have it in front of you now, um, we're about 48% complete within this contract. Um, we have about 52% remaining in it. Um, the you know, current invoiced amount is at 648, and we have 691 remaining in this contract. Um, so this $250,000 CIP transfer um, would be covering costs moving forward in the design and the consulting. Um, this is not for, um, this is no retroactive um, uh, uh, costs that have already been incurred. Understood. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Are there any other board questions on this? Okay. Okay. Your light was on. So, um, is there any public comment? There is no online public comment. Okay. Thank you. I will bring it back. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I will bring it back to the, oh, sorry, yes. No, you're oh. bringing it back. Uh, um, I was gonna I'm going to bring it back to, to the board. If there's no other further discussion, um, I would, is there a motion to approve? Uh, um, with the motion to approve and the understanding that we're getting a shorter and shorter on a timeline, so there isn't much choice but to move forward with this, um, you know, I, I just, when we get presented these things, I understand the timeline we gave direction last month. This information should be included in it so I know what I'm voting on in its entirety. You know, um, you know it, it wasn't very much, it didn't say what you felt the uh, intent of the board was here. Okay, understand. And this information would help me make a better decision as we move forward. Thank Understood. you, Jennifer. So I have a, I made a motion. Is there a second? I'll second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Thank you. We will move on to the regular agenda, uh, item 19. Is item that Judy? Oh, okay, sorry. Go ahead, Daisy. Item 19, action item, human resources. Approve a countywide telecommuting policy. Ms. Good Hawkins. morning, Madam Chair, members of the board, Judy Hawkins, human resources and risk management director. I am bringing back before you today the permanent telecommute policy that we are recommending be adopted for the, uh, county employees. The policy is written in a manner that department heads will be able to determine if telecommuting is an option for employees who have requested it. 
So the idea is to make sure that they can properly manage staff who are telecommuting. They can also be able to determine performance. And the telecommuting is not creating heavier workload for the employees within the department. And so human resources will work with department heads, trained department heads, so that they are properly measuring these areas. Also, the responsibilities on the employees is they do have to have an ergonomic workspace. So they have to have a dedicated workspace that uh, meets the requirements. We have put a process in place that employees will submit the information or picture regarding their workspace. And our safety specialist will be following up with the employees on a Zoom meeting to go through and verify that they do have everything that they need to be able to work safely and efficiently in their home workspace. So uh, one of the items that I uh, do want to bring up that we did not discuss at the last meeting is the uh, we have been asked uh, by a, a department head to allow out-of-state work. Out-of-state work will create some challenges. Our workers' comp uh, is one. We have to verify that the state that the employees are working out of is not stricter than California. If it is stricter than California, then we will have to incur those extra costs with our uh, insurance program. Also, doctors within the different states will have to accept California workers' comp uh, payments, payment plan. And then um, the other issue is that if there is an accident, we would have to uh, fly the employees out here if uh, there needs to be depositions taken, things like that. Uh, we do also have, um, we do have to ensure that our payroll system can properly uh, process the taxes for the different states. Um, California does not have reciprocity with other states, and so when they're doing work in California, it will have to be charged to California, and then uh, when they're in their other state, it'll have to be processed that way. So we do have to ensure that um, our systems can process, uh, properly process taxes, or else we could be on the hook for uh, errors. Um, the other challenges with uh, out-of-state employees is that HR will have to uh, get up to speed on the employment laws of the state the employees are working out of to ensure that uh, the uh, processes, the employment, all their employment rights are uh, followed correctly. So we do, um, it doesn't mean we can't do those things. It is just a little bit extra work for both HR, uh, risk management, and payroll. So uh, what questions can I answer for the board? Outside of the many questions I asked you, Judy, Ms. Hawkins, thank you for responding. I truly appreciate the county doing this. I find the process very bureaucratic on our part. And um, I wish there was some way that it could be modified so it's not as cumbersome for staff or the employees, such as I'm going to go visit Uncle Joe in Nevada and I'm going to be there for a couple of weeks, but he doesn't have an ergonomic chair. I mean, do I have to have an ergonomic chair 
to work at Uncle Joe's house. Um, and as you could tell from the questions I sent you, I, I know we do it in private industry, as private industry is bureaucratic in their process as government is. Do we have to do all those things, all that work that falls on your department or the auditor's department or the department heads, to, you know, like it has to be reviewed annually, why? Why can't it be ongoing until it's um, no longer something that happens between the department and the employee? So the idea is, uh, also, you have to remember the additional work uh, on payroll, on HR, is for employees to be working out of state. Um, if somebody is going to visit Uncle Joe for two weeks, that's not, you know, this, the idea of this is a permanent policy. And um, we have to make sure that we set standards, that employees fully understand what the expectations are from you know, the work that they are expected to do at home, that it is clearly outlined. We also have to make sure that our management can clearly uh, monitor if the work is being done or not, because that's what we expect them to do for performance appraisals. And if we do not lay out these expectations clearly, then we can be setting the county up for liability. Because if a, a department had, does not have a clear method of managing what the, their employee is doing from home, and um, they, they go down the road of any type of disciplinary action, then the employee can come back, you know, this is you know, unfair, I wasn't given clear expectations. So we are setting the outline to make sure that expectations are clear for both the department's management and also the employees so that we can have a successful program. I know it is work on the front end, but if we don't do this work on the front end, we can have a lot of problems on the back end. Supervisor Graham, Andy. Thank you. Two questions, Judy, and thank you for bringing this forward. Have we consulted with our labor unions and are they on board with this? Yes, and so um, we worked extensively, especially with SEIU, and SAIU was the one um, who recommended we put in the 10 days for it to be approved, those type of timelines, to make sure that the uh, request does move through the department. Also, the ability to, um, to appeal to the department head if their uh, direct supervisor or manager turn it down. So, yes, we have, we have worked with them. A lot of our, second question is, a lot of our programs, we are public service. So we need to be public facing. Are we ensuring that we will have people who are public facing will be there? Um, that's you know everything from a road crew to planning desk to building desk to uh, enrollment services and health, health and human services. Are we, have we taken that into account? I want to make sure that we are physically present. Yes, and that's why I know that it seems heavy-handed um, Supervisor Callaway, but that's why we have all of this in there. Because we, you know, we can't fill potholes from home. My staff, I need staff there when somebody comes in going, I have to talk to somebody immediately, X, Y, and Z happened. 
or I have to go out on, you know, my, my wife had her baby two months early, what do I need to do? I need to fill paperwork out right now. So there, that has to be reviewed. The, we need to make sure that the employees that are teleworking is not creating more work for those that left behind. That is something that we saw a lot of complaints during COVID when we were just trying to thin out the departments being able to socially distance and uh, mitigate the risk of an entire department being um, infected. So we had complaints that, well, you know, uh, Joe working from home, I have to scan all these documents to him, I have to do all these things. So we are making department heads, managers, supervisors look at their processes and ensure that employees can work in an efficient manner from home without being a burden to other employees in the office. Now we know every once in a while something big will come up and somebody needs to scan some, something to someone working from home, but we don't want that to be the norm, we want it to be the exception. So you know, we are, we are putting this on the departments to make sure that they have a good process that is uh, fair. Great, that answers my question. I just want to make sure we continue to make serving the public our top priority. And while you know, I don't want people heading up to see Uncle Joe and hey, I don't have two weeks vacation, but I'm going to go see him anyway, and I'll just tell it, I'll just dial it in. So yeah. thank you, <coughs> Supervisor Tofanelli. Thank, uh, thank you, Madam Chair, and, and thank you, Jack, for bringing. It. I had the same question, more or less. I wrote it down. Um, I do have a couple other questions, Judy. Um, how, if, if I'm an employee and I've been granted the ability to work from home, telecommuting, and I am, uh, my hours supposed to be from 8 to 4.30 that I'm working, um, do we have a way to verify that they are on their computer, they're LinkedIn, and we can verify that they're actually working during those hours? Or is there a possibility for them that they're agreement is from 8 to 4.30, but today they went to San Francisco, so they come home and they're going to work from 5 o'clock at night till 3 in the morning to make up the difference. Is there a way to verify or check any of these when they're online, how they're online, and monitor where they're at and what they're doing? So the idea of the policy is not for, you know, departments to have to monitor their staff all day long that are working from home. That's where the establishment of clear direction on what the expectations are, what the workload is to be done, and then also the time frame that they are to be available. With the rollout of uh, Office 365 teams, department heads can have constant interaction with their employees. They know when their employees are in front of the computer or not. And so that's where that new program will be very beneficial. Now, if departments are uh, seeing work is not being produced, employees are not you know, responding, they're not answering the phone, then that's when we can work with IT to verify, were they working these hours? What, you know, uh, so we, do, we can, when there are performance issues, we can look into that. Well, that brings up another question then. You said, can they be reached by phone? So are we going to issue them a county-issued phone to be connected to not only while they're working at their desk, but specifically to be able to reach them? Or are we having them provide their own phone and then we make that phone number available to the board and other departments that may want to talk to this uh, employee that's telecommuting from and home? And so that's where the department will have to, 
you know, depending on the level of the employee, they may already have a county-issued cell phone. Otherwise, the uh, communications would be through Teams, it would be through email, where if an employee, you know, if I have an employee working from home, I send them an email and they don't respond for two hours, you know, and I know, I can see their calendar, they're not in a meeting, then we're going to have a discussion. And so that's where, you know, this does state, you know, with this policy, different than our emergency policy, departments are going to have to manage their staff and be able to um, quantify how much work they are being able, how productive they are from home. Thank you. I have formulating some other questions. Maybe when it comes back, I'll um, have them together. I, I just have, you know, um, it just seems like it's going to put a lot more pressure on department heads or managers to make sure their employees are working and doing what they're supposed to be doing and getting their work done in a timely manner versus them just being at work in their office and being able to the monitor there. Now they're having to, well, I have three people out working. I've got to make sure this, it just seems like a lot more weight being put on department heads. So it does create uh, more of a workload, but it also then creates a flexibility that departments can have, and then they're seeing the idea is to see less turnover. And so either you do more work because of turnover, you have less people in the office doing the work, or, you know, we, we can manage this, this flexibility. And some departments, because of COVID, already have processes in place. Because we did, you know, like I said, all of a sudden we had a lot of people working from home that had never worked from home before. And then we will work with, and there's some departments that it just, you know, may not be an option. But we do have to be able to uh, monitor performance. Okay, thank you. Supervisor Stoppe. <clears throat> so I, I, I'm stretched on both sides of this issue because there, there's beneficial uses. I mean, being able to fill positions that we can't necessarily find someone within a close area that's qualified, that's willing to do the job, which, which would be beneficial. At the same time, um, more to uh, Supervisor Toffinelli's and for, first Jack's question when it comes to like public works and everything and not be able to fill potholes from home. My personal perspective, even from the supervisor down, we're all here for customer service. We're here to serve the people of Calaveras County. You know, um, let's use an example, and not to point the finger at you, Doug, but like a plans examiner could do examine plans from home consistently. So, I mean, I could see a perspective where a plans examiner could be doing a majority of their work from home. But there's that person that comes in and that plans examiner is not there that day because they're working from home. And there might be a question that they could work through and redline right there so that the, their permit doesn't linger for days. And I have a hard time saying yes to a majority of these is issues. I mean, and a lot of the plan examiner can probably, you know, provided they don't have a four-year-old crawling up their leg the whole time at home, probably could examine more plans without having their coworkers in their ears at the same time. I mean, there are certain instances where more work can get done. But all in all, we're the face of the community, and we need to be here. 
to provide that. So that's that's just my general opinion on it. I, I see both sides, benefits, negatives. Um, my real concern moving forward is to have as many people here as possible so that our community can interact with us. Do any other board questions? I just have to make an editorial comment. Um, Judy, some time ago, we were recruiting, I don't remember, and she said workforces have changed. And what people are wanting in a work environment are not what has been traditionally thought of. You've got to be here 8 to 5 and blah, blah, blah. That um, plans examiner could talk to somebody over Zoom. They don't have to necessarily be over the counter. We need to look at work differently. There isn't a city or county in this state and probably across the country, including private industry, that, has tr that are having trouble recruiting people. And so we need to look at work differently. And this is, to me, a stop. We can't look at it the way we've traditionally done it. I mean, can that employee talk to somebody at the counter on the internet or however that works um, versus having to be actually in an office talking to somebody at the counter or over the desk. People want things differently in life, employees do, and we have to find ways to service them. It's like Supervisor Stopper said, they could probably plan check more plans if they're home. Well, somebody walks in, they need them. Oh, you know, Mr. Oliver, could you please talk to this employee and I bring it up on Zoom? Um, just like we're seeing, we have every day in the boardroom. So, and all of us work from home. Does that mean we should all be having an office here? Yeah, it'd be nice, I guess. Um, I just think we need to look at work differently because we're having trouble recruiting. We're no different than anyone else. And um, as bureaucratic as I think this is, I think it's at least a step in the right direction of, of offering things to the workforce as we move forward. So I will tell you, you know, we, I get uh, multiple articles every day on uh, different HR issues, and we see consistently that, you know, um, and even um, uh, Mr. Elliott had made a comment how, you know, everybody was saying with the pandemic, we put things on pause, but now as we're moving forward, it wasn't a pause. Everything, the pandemic has changed the workforce, how we do things, how we think, we have changed, you know, we, we upped our technology so that we could work more efficient without people having to come in the office. And 40% uh, of people that are looking for new jobs are expecting flexibility. We get calls every day when we put a new recruitment out going, does this position allow me to work from home? And so those are things that the workforce uh, as Supervisor Callaway stated, has changed tremendously. We do have to figure out ways to be flexible, but we are public servants, and so we do have to make sure that we, we provide the services that we are here to do. And so finding that balance 
that's why this policy is written in a manner that, you know, department heads make these decisions. We just, you know, we do want to make sure they're fair. You know, if there's one plans examiner that can work for home, but another plans examiner is like, oh, sorry, you can't. We have to have solid reasons. We do need to be fair when they have this, the same type of job duties. Yeah, like, like I started out with, you know, I, I, I brought up the fact that qualified people for positions is a benefit. At the same time, it even gives me more pause hearing that people expect to come in and start to telecommute when they put in for the job. You know, um, that makes it even harder for me to say yes to this, to tell you the truth, because it's going to snowball in my, from my perspective. And I do still see the benefits of it. And there, it, this is the tide change. But more often than not, we are, we are the face of the county and uh, have to be accessible fully for people. And, and that is, you know, one of our number one concerns. And, you know, the department heads is looking at, I am not, you know, this will not change our level of service. But in some areas that are not as public facing, they, there is abilities there. Um, I will say we have uh, other counties sending flyers to our employees stating that they can work from home, all of these things. And so I think that is, it is something that is very important for people. Those that used to be in the office 12 hours a day no longer wants to do that. They want the work-life balance. And how, you know, government has never been um, uh, cutting edge in those areas. But we do need to uh, focus on how we can attract and retain. We are not the only ones. We are, our vacancy rate is about 15.3%. Per, 15 when I started, our vacancy rate was 15%. We have consistently stayed about 15% where now other counties are seeing 20% and above because people are just leaving government service. Are there any other um, questions from board members? Not always. Okay. okay. Is there any uh, public comment? Is there any? Oh, Doug. Good morning, Doug Oliver, Chief Building Official. I, I, I feel compelled to uh, reassure your board. I have at least three of you. Any point in that discussion looking my way. Um, to give you an example of why this is important, uh, when the COVID-19 restrictions came down and the state regulations were essentially shut your doors, the building department was able to essentially continue all services with minimal reductions. Um, it was because we had a temporary version of this that allowed us to say, yes, we can continue to provide service, albeit with some modifications. Uh, whereas, if it wasn't for this, it would have been our doors are shut, no permits are issued, and, and our built environment is put on hold. Um, the, the permanent model, uh, I think, is a boon to us because it does provide us the ability to uh, 
provide meaningful direction to staff instead of take a bunch of stuff and just get it done. And it, uh, the temporary model was just that. It was, we just need to get it done. Who wants to take a bunch home with them? Okay, that, that works as an emergency measure, but we need a permanent model where we can assure some, some safety and some uh, uh, a, a good work environment for staff who arguably could probably just recline and, and do it on the couch. Uh, repetitive stress injury is a problem, and I've seen it in my staff. Um, but moving forward with this, I think I can speak for all your department heads in knowing that we've, we've got the message loud and clear. Um, this is a public service. Every one of our departments we serve, which means we have to be out there among the people serving them. And it, it is up, up to us to balance who is not in the office, who is in the office, and, and maintain those services as much as possible. And this gives us an opportunity to shift gears even faster when COVID-20 arrives or you know, something else happens that causes the state to tell us all to shut our doors. We can say, okay, the front door's shut, but we're still getting it all done for the public. So I just want to reassure your board that we, we've, we've got the message. Uh, I've got the message. And we will continue to provide service regardless of what comes. And this is a good opportunity to, to put something on the books to, to help all your department heads accomplish that. So thank you. Thank you, Doug. Is there any other public comment? Is there any online? There is no online public comment. Okay. With that, I'm going to bring it back to the board. Supervisor Tofanali, you had a comment or question? Well, I, I did. And given the concerns I think a few of us have here, is there a possibility that we can maybe put this in place for a year and after a year see how it's doing, see if we make adjustments, if it's working, if it isn't working? Uh, we can let it die um, versus just permanently putting it in place. I, I have some of the issues that, that Supervisor Stopper has on some of the things, and thank you, Doug, for, for making your statement. But it's just, we, we are public-oriented. That's who we serve. Um, and um, I'm not sure what happens if I'm, I have a department that has four people in it. And I've agreed that, okay, well, three of them could work telecommuting. We'll have one person here to greet the public if public comes in. And then that person calls in sick. Then we don't have anybody in the department at all to, to go to the public and greet the public and have, answer any of their questions. We'd have to apparently call somebody all that's telecommuting from Montana to come in. Um, it just, it just, there's some issues here that may or may not work out. So, so diligently, um, if you're a manager, you have to look at all those and say how many people can or can't, or you can work three days from home, come in two, or you can work two days or whatever, and, and try and juggle it. And to me, it just makes a lot more difficulty for a manager day-to-day -day operations trying to sort things out and make sure that we are diligently serving the public and so I'm thinking possibly we could do it for a year and see how it works out and if it works that's fine we can go forward if it doesn't work we can make adjustments or we can say well it's just not working 
I just want to throw that out there because there's a lot of different things that could possibly happen. And I understand Supervisor Callaway's position and understand what she's saying. And Judy, I know you know because you're an HR department head, you've seen it all over the last three years and, and what's been happening. And I agree it's very difficult for recruitment right now. Um, there are a lot of counties um, that are offering the service and being hired. You just work from home. Um, you could be living here in Calaveras County and be working for Los Angeles County and you could telecommute and you're hired. So um, but I wanted to throw that out there as a possibility. Maybe we could put it in for a year and see if it works. And if it doesn't, we can make adjustments or what have you. I would, uh, I would, I, I'm not not against the idea. I think I'm concerned about if department heads are hiring, we've hired them based on this policy, and then we turn around and we're going to lose them. And so maybe what the question is to Judy is, there are all these nuances that still need to be figured out. And we have to trust the department heads to manage the department, but give you the necessary feedback to m be able to modify this. And maybe that's where that annual review comes back, Marita, is where it's, this is just not working for my department. And that's when they are able to address a lot of these concerns. But coming back to the board and axing the program in its entirety or us micromanaging every little thing, I'm, I'm worried about what that says to even a lot to, for the program for the next year. The department had not going to be feeling free to even offer this to their employees, which then they're going to suffer even more. So I think it's a catch-22. It, it it's going to go worry either way, but I would like to see where you're seeing, you know, where it, it, are we seeing more production? Are we needing to invest in other types of software programs or, you know, because, because of this, or uh, were the issues, or is it just completely pulling back and it's just not working for X, Y, and Z department, and not just a a call from your department that it they're not allowed to do to do this within the means of the employment. So the po I will say the policy was written more around. Uh, employees being local. We did not have out-of-state in mind when we wrote the policy. It was some things that came up very recently. And it does state in the policy that if a, a department is shorthanded, somebody could be called in and they have to, they do need to respond and come into the office. It also states that this is only for permanent employees. So if you're a probationary employee, then you know you you are expected to be in the department and learning the job, and so this is written around more of uh, retention of employees, and then also being able to state that we do have this this available, but you do have to spend your time in the department learning the the uh, ropes. Supervisor Stopper. Good 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 point on. The probationary where is that written in here i mean i've skimmed through this a couple times and i just yeah. trying to take it in and apply it what, what part is that in council just so i can read it real quick um i have to pull up i couldn't tell you the page off the top of my head it does make a distinction between permanent versus right because it was the the point being is uh 
Ms. Fondorf put up, pulled up a very good point about, you know, uh, retention of people. Mr. Mr. Toffinelli did bring up the fact that, you know, a year revisit this, but that's after a probationary period in some cases where, where you know, we could, even if we ax this, those yeah. those people are already over probation. So, so on page um, um, on page two sixty one of the packet, um, I believe um, it does say that when considering telecommuting, uh, the manager or department head should evaluate whether the employee has successfully passed his or her probation probationary okay. period. And I just wanted to throw out as an option, um, you know, as an alternative to what Supervisor Topanelli was suggesting, the board could always, if it were so inclined, you know to adopt this policy today, but then direct um, Ms. Hawkins to, you know, come back in a year to kind of report out, tweak things if necessary, or, or give the board an opportunity to re look at it again at that point once we have some data. Which, which was going to be my suggestion is at this point we could pass it and we could, as a board, request it to be brought back to us at any time if we start finding problems with it. So with, with that in mind, I do would like a report back. I'd be willing, Matt, if everyone's done talking, I'd be willing to make a motion, Madam Chair, if that's fine. Yes, I was just also going to call out another section of this, um, and it's the last with a signature, is I understand that telecommuting is a volunteer arrangement between the supervisor and the department and the employee. It is not an employee entitlement. So um, I just, you know, there is language supporting this, and um, I think department had to have recourse as needed to best fit their department. So very, there's a motion. Very, very good point, and I hear exactly what you're saying, and I do appreciate that. I, you know, uh, Mr. Toffinello, is there something else you want to say before no. I make a motion? No, I, I just, you know, it, it does say in here about um, calling an employee in, um, but it doesn't mean, I mean, it's written kind of, it is there, I will say that. I, I'm not sure how quickly someone could come in if somebody doesn't show up. If they're telecommuting and then they're told they have to come in, if they have their kids at home, they have to find a babysitter, they have to do this or what have you, how late they would be showing up to work. Would it be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Because that's as soon as they could get there. It's just an issue, uh, you know, um, that I was thinking about, but I, I'm, I'm open. You know, uh, we can always bring it back like council said and have you report back to us in six months or report back to us in a year and, and give us a, um, a view of how it's working and the problems that have arisen and how you've dealt with the problems and just so we're aware of how it's working and what's going on. I'm, I would be in favor of that. And it does, uh, in the policy, it does state that departments have to designate a telework coordinator so we can gather data. So we do have something in here that we are letting departments know that we are expecting data and we will be working with them. And I can definitely bring back a report. Are there any other, you have another question? Okay, I believe there's a motion on the table. I didn't put a motion up yet, but if you were willing, Madam Chair, uh, I will. Who'd you say move? <laughs> I moved it. Uh, I I said I would be willing to, but then I kept letting everyone else talk. It was theoretical. <laughs> but, but, you know, I did say move somewhere in there, so I, I could see how you feel I said that. Well, and, and the motion is that we request that, it be, that um, we get an update from HR. My, my, my motion would include in, in six months, and that data is beyond what problems you see. 
how many people from each department are working in that. You know, just a, a basic broad view of what everyone's doing when it comes to this policy in the county. I do not have any intent of micromanaging each department. But our concerns are, you know, here are valid. So I, with that, I'll make a motion to approve this with the six-month stipulation of bringing it back. I thought we were doing one year. I'm making a motion, Madam okay. Chair, and I'm saying yes. six months. There's a second. I'll second. Okay. There's a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 So I do just want to clarify that the board is approving the telework policy, allowing employees to work from out of state, and um, and then bringing back in six months with all the demographic information. Yes, that's that's all. That's what's in here. That's what we just approved, and bringing it back in six months with information. You need to turn your mic on. My apologies. That was my motion to approve the telecommuting policy as delivered with with a report back of six months, as we said. And I think all the department heads should hear our intent behind it, that there are concerns. So uh, please hold the fine line when addressing it. And uh, I will incorporate that in my training with the department heads. Right. Thank you, Judy. It takes, it only takes one meeting and three votes to change that so let's yes. not abuse it i will make sure they all understand our okay. our public service is number one thank you judy all right you still get to stay up there because you are next on item number 20. clerk item 20 resolution human resources adopt a resolution appointing Gabriel Elliott to the position of Director of Planning, effective April 12, 2022, and establishing compensation and benefits. So Madam Chair, members of the board, I am very happy to bring before you today Gabriel Elliott and recommending the approval of the resolution to appoint him as Planning Director. Uh, Mr. Elliott has uh, tremendous amount of experience in the uh, planning and economic development areas and we are very excited to have him here welcome I think this is a long time coming for all of us so at this time um, do you want to come up and speak uh, welcome to Calaveras County thank you very much <laughs> Good morning, Madam Chair, members of the board. Um, not too long ago, I was in the front seat of my car talking to you guys over the phone. I couldn't make it over here at that time, but, but here I am. Um, I am excited about this opportunity. Um, you can guarantee that I will do my utmost to make sure that I... Um, follow your guidelines, goals and policies are executed, that I uh, diligently develop my staff and that we, anything that needs to be turned around in the county planning department will be turned around. You can always count on me, um, even though my hours are uh, 
8 to 5 or whatever, uh, you can reach me at any time. A, a director's job is not limited to those fixed hours. A director's job is whenever it is that he needs to, he needs to do work. So again, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm glad that um, I'm finally here and looking forward to working with each and every one of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I would like to do a shout out to Gina. She has been doing. See how big that smile is on her face right now? <laughs> she has been doing an amazing job and keeping the wheels turned. So I know she must be ecstatic to have you here. And um, I, the rest of us. So thank you both. Um, I'm going to bring it to the board. Are there any board comment? I'd like the record to show that due to technology, we interviewed the planning director remotely. We <laughs> <laughs> also do the failure of technology and not being able to clear the roads in time. <laughs> yes, we will mention there was a snowstorm involved. Who, who was remote, us or him? <laughs> um, do you have any, your light on, do you have anything? No. Okay. Supervisor Stopper? Uh, pleased to meet you in person. I much prefer this and I look, I hopefully look forward to you after the vote. I look forward to working with you after the vote that we're about to make. Does that mean immediately after the vote in the board meeting you're going to go in his office and meet with him? We have to go back into closed session first. <laughs> He has things he wants to get done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we can postpone this closed session until one. <laughs> can I get a poll of the board, Madam Chair? <laughs> <laughs> no. no other comment, Judy, you had something else to add? No, I am okay. just uh, happy to have some have a new planning director. Is there any public comment? There is no online public comment. Okay. And seeing none in the room, I am going to bring it back to the board for a motion. So moved, Madam Chair. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Congratulations and welcome. I'm excited. And with that, we will go to supervisor announcement and then reconvene into closed session. So with that, Supervisor Calloway, do you have any announcements? No. Supervisor Garamendi? Uh, I, I got the opportunity to go down to Sacramento last week to testify to the Assembly Technology Committee on Golden State Connect. Um, if anybody would like further information on that, I'm happy to give them give it but it's it's we're moving quickly it's pretty exciting and I think I've been Instagrammed yes you were on the gram on the gram so that's yes. neat I'm catching up with technology personally as well dialing in from Sacramento but thank you <laughs> thank you uh, I have nothing to report at this time madam chair thank you supervisor stop it
<clears throat> I'd like to report that Saturday, May 7th, 2022 is the 22nd annual Kids Fishing Clinic. It'll be uh, from 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. First through eighth grade, Murphy's Community Park. Go south on Algiers. At the Murphy's Hotel, children must be accompanied by an adult. And I don't want to limit anybody to below first grade not being able to show up. Um, they're all welcome at any age. You know, uh, it's a great it's a great derby. Uh, good times. Um, Mr. Garamie will be showing up. I would like any of the board members that want to show up to Miss Callaway's district uh, that would like to help out with with it. You know, we can all be there and help out. Let's just not talk business. Ben's cooking. Yes. When mm -hmm. not talk business. <laughs> Sarah won't be there. Actually, Sarah's going to be there. I, I volunteered her just now. <laughs> it's news to me, but okay. Volunteered. I like I could, that I one. Work. Better, better hold that. Keep that date open. I can tell it can move. Um, I have one other thing. Uh, you know, I attended the Sheriff's Association fundraiser. Um, and uh, it was good to see that all our board members showed up to, to it in one way or another. You know, I see them across the road. I mean, the room, across the road, across the room, uh, said hi to everyone. It was, it was a really good time. Um, throughout the time, Miss Barbara Yoke came over and we bid on a cake. And uh, we got lucky enough to get it. Uh, when, you know, I went ahead and paid for it because we're all going in on it and all of a sudden, I think I made money on that cake, <laughs> except Miss Callaway gave me a, a two and three ones. I saved that two dollars because I'll keep that two dollars for the rest of my life. But uh, I ended up bidding on something else with the money I got back from the cake. And uh, th this is patches. You know, we 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 have the 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 pink pink patch, with the stop bullying patch. I mean, pat uh, search and rescue and everything. I was wondering if the board would be willing to let us put this on, on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's all I'm asking. Yes? Yeah. Can we do a poll, Mrs. Callaway? No. Put it above Okay. Put it above Susan. I think that center wall right next to the screen right there is a good spot. There's an open spot right there. So. All right. Yeah, we got to put them in. That's all I got for today, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I do not have anything to report um, either. So with that, we will see everyone next week and we will reconvene into closed session. Thank you. <laughs>